Retirement is a unique journey for each of us. The thought that there's a one-size-fits-all solution is a myth, but what if we told you there are certain universal truths that can guide every retiree? On this episode, we're going to dive into some of those universal retirement truths. Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome into the podcast. It's Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson and myself. Jude, of course, Holistic Wealth Manager at Centrust Financial Strategies and here to help you get to and through retirement. As always, if you've got some questions or concerns, need some help, make sure you reach out to a qualified professional like Jude and his team at CentrustFS.com. That's CentrustFS.com. And we're going to dive into some universal retirement truths this week on the podcast. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, my friend? Hanging in there and just uh, chatting with you. Looking forward to breaking down some universal-isms, I think. I'm not sure if that's a word, but we're going to go with it. We'll make it a word for today. That's right. That's right. How's, uh, how's things going down there in Florida? Oh, it, I, I can feel the weather is about to change. <laughs> and I'm excited. Yeah. Cool it's off been hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little toasty, a little toasty. But uh, well, that's good. You know what? And that's a universal thing, right? So that's my segue. It's universally nice. going to be hot in Florida. Uh, so, uh, and you guys all look forward to, I think we all look forward to September football's back. Kids go back to school. Temperatures are down. There's a lot of universal things there that make us all happy. Right. So, uh, especially football being back. That's we won't there, get you into that. there you go. <laughs> well, that's on that side of life. Let's talk about the financial side. All right. Let's jump exactly. into, uh, we're going to do 10 of these Jude. So we're going to break them down into five on this episode and then we'll do five on the next podcast episode. So again, if you haven't subscribed to us, consider doing so, so you can catch future episodes as well as past episodes and all that good fun stuff. And uh, I think you can find us on all the major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and it's all at his website as well at SendTrustFS.com. All right. Universal truth number one, everybody needs an income plan, Jude. You know, even if you, you say, well, I got Social Security and pension, well, that's still an income plan, isn't it? You know, this is one that I talk to with almost every client. You know, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Our philosophy is called the bucket plan. And whether you're in the accumulation phase, you're saving to get to retirement, uh, there's a bucket plan, or whether you're about to retire or in retirement, that's where I think the bucket plan really shines. Right. Because when you're looking at your income, two things you want to consider is one, longevity, and two, of what it costs for you to live the quality of life that you're accustomed to. Right. Who and wants to go so, who wants to go backwards in retirement? And, and people exactly. and people make that mistake though, Jude, right? Sometimes they try to justify, I really hate my job. I want to get out. Uh, so you go talk to your advisor or go talk to an advisor for the first time and you go, We we could make this work on six thousand a month. We currently live on ten, but we could make right. it work on six. And you're like, oh, are you gonna be happy with that? Right. And if you read some of the magazines, they say, you know, anywhere between 60 to 70 percent of your pre-retirement income you'll use, you'll need in retirement. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this over 25 years now. Most clients that I've come across will live on anywhere between 90 to 100 percent of what they were spending pre-retirement. Yeah, for sure. And so that I don't know where that 60 to 70 percent came in. I, I think people assume, you know, the mortgage is going to be paid off. The kids are going to be gone. 
So I need less. Yeah. But when something leaves, something else takes its place. Yeah. You know? I think so that, we I think always that, plan for that, that income. Yeah. I think that 60, 70% probably came from the 60s and the 70s and people had pensions, <laughs> social security, right? I mean, like you didn't need as much of a, mo- you know, like a modest savings would probably get you there, right? Uh, but that's just not the case in today's environment. So got to have an income plan. Universal truth number one. Number two, everybody needs a plan to address long-term care issues, Jude. The biggest problem with this one is that we don't even want to talk about it, period, let alone build a plan. Well, you're, you're exactly right. In fact, I've uh, got a, a story to share with you with a, a recent client that, I, that needed to tap into long-term care. Okay. Now, when we talk about long-term care, and you're so right, people don't want to discuss it. It's almost like discussing you know, your potential end of life. Right. It's a tough topic. Right. But we always bring it up in a holistic financial plan that one out of every three Americans over the age of 65 is going to have a long-term care event. So you could either plan for it or you can hope that it's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's not what we do. Here. I mean, there's two of so, us here on this podcast. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We're pretty close right there. So, you know, exactly. So quick story, uh, a client that I had over 15 years ago, a husband and wife, very successful, both very successful professionals were well ahead of where they needed to be as far as their accumulation for retirement had millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we proposed an income plan like the previous bullet. And we talked about long-term care, which was an issue that they had not considered. We made a plan for the potential for long-term care. They continued to work for about another five to seven years. And then three years into their retirement, the wife started showing signs of dementia. Mm. And now, uh, unfortunately, both of them have moved into an assisted living facility, the wife is at a floor higher than the husband where they have a memory care unit and the husband is on the floor beneath. Oh, wow. And their, their son came to me uh, a couple of years ago and said, Jude, I didn't agree with you when you proposed the long-term care. I'm a NBA. I know that the stock market normally does somewhere between 9% over time. Uh, but my dad really believed in you and d- decided to do the long-term care. I can't thank you enough for that decision because wow. long-term care insurance is picking up the cost, which is about $9,000 a month. Yeah. And if we had not done that, we would have probably ran through their retirement savings much quicker than, than we are now. Yeah. They're hefty for sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's tough calls to make and it's tough decisions to go through, but proofs in the pudding in, in situations like that, right? So we've got to at least, if nothing else, folks, you got to start the conversation with not only your spouse, but also your financial professional, a financial professional for sure, uh, because it's, you know, we're living longer and it's just the, pro- the probability is higher and higher. It's a universal truth that's going to certainly affect us all. So have a conversation about long-term care issues. All right. Number three, Jude. Nobody can consistently time the stock market successfully. And I mean that with all sincerity. Nobody can. Like you if it's probably the worst thing. It's like playing golf, right? If you're not a good golfer and you get this one swing that just makes your whole afternoon 
you're like, right. yes, and I'm coming back for more, right? And, and I think <laughs> I'm the, the man. I'm the man. I figured this out, right? You know, heaven forbid, like if you were to, not heaven forbid, but if like if you were to get a hole in one on a par three, I watched a guy <laughs> do this, right? I talked about this before. He got a hole in one on par three and thought he had just solved like the whole riddle that is golf. <laughs> and then the rest of his game was terrible, right? And so that same thing can kind of happen with trying to get it right with the stock market. You might get lucky. But the odds are very much against you. You're so right. When I talk to people, uh, a lot of times they are referencing things that they read in a magazine and they're making decisions based on that. For instance, in the previous uh, bullet, we were talking about that couple and the son said, well, I know the stock market returns somewhere about eight, nine percent. Right. You know, over any period of time. Well, yes, that's true, but it's not linear. It's not a straight 9% every year. Year over year, forever. Yeah. Exactly. And through our process, there's a ton of education that we do for clients because there's these uh, things that they hear, they read, that they're basing decisions on that really don't match the real world experience. And so Warren Buffett would even tell you, there's no way that anyone could time the market consistently. Yeah. You got to be right twice. You got to be right. right on the sell and you got to be right on the buy. And anybody who's married knows that your spouse will tell you that you're never right once, let alone twice. At least that's what my <laughs> wife tells me, right? So <laughs> Absolutely. I, I don't get right twice at all, uh, let alone once. So yeah, it's just not a good idea, right? Especially when they're if if you want to have that dabble money or that goof off, hey, if we're, you know, going to swing for the fences here and there. Cool, right? But have a strategy and a plan that's taking care of the rest of the stuff. Things that have worked for the you know tried and truisms that have worked for the last hundred years for building wealth and getting to where you want to be, and then kind of have your, for lack of a better term, casino money, right? You know, that's exactly what we do. We tell people take five percent of your liquid net worth and go swing for the fences. Yeah, exactly. And if you hit it, cool. Awesome. Now you can buy that $100,000 RV that you had your eye on or something. I don't know. Uh, but either way, right? So have a strategy there. All right. Number four, nobody knows how long they're going to live, Jude. Uh, your job would be awesome. And it's already awesome, but it would be easy, like super easy, if we all had like a little stamp, like a like a right. gallon of milk that said when we were going to expire. And I don't think I'd like to personally have that little thing reminding <laughs> me when it was going to happen. But you know, it'd be easy to do. And unfortunately, there's genetic, you know, predispositions, there's family history, certainly take that into account, right? Just like stock market history, but it's not the be all end all. You hit it on the head because, you know, I had a client once tell me, Jude, if you could plan uh, so that I can use the ski method of estate planning, that would be perfect. And I said, what is the ski method of estate planning? He says, the ski method is spend kids' inheritance. I said, well, I don't think I could get you down to zero. So he wanted to spend uh, the kids' inheritance, right? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Right. Wanted to be his. His other saying was that if I if I am in the coffin with a dollar, I've got ninety nine cents too much. <laughs> and so, uh, but for most clients, yeah, we want to plan for income beyond what the actuaries say is their typical life expectancy, because yeah. we don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and as you said in the beginning, so many changes are help happening in healthcare. People are living longer. So I'd rather you have income for life than uh, more life than income. Yeah. So if you guys, you know, uh, what are you playing at? Let's say 85, you know, 90, 
And, and then you kind of maybe add a buffer to that as well. Exactly. 90, 90 is our target. Okay. Yeah. And I think the tables right now are, you know, 82 for, well, it's funny. The tables are actually lower than that. It's still the seventies for people in a lot of yes. places, but then if you make it to 65, then you have like a greater chance of seeing like 82 for men, I think, and 87 for women or something like that. Right. So, you know, it's, it's all kind of a sliding scale. So you still want to have that buffer, that plan to get you there in case you are wrong. Uh, and live much longer than you thought you were going to. So number five, and we'll wrap it up for the first half of Universal Truths, and that is money sitting in cash or at the bank just is not keeping up with inflation. And here's a newsflash, folks. Even though I know it's really exciting right now to see 5% at the bank for the first time and for like ever, it's still not truly keeping up with inflation. Money at the bank is never going to outpace inflation. It just never has. Exactly. what I When I was interning way back in the... Well, I won't say what year. <laughs> well before the cell phone, when I was a young intern, you know, we were seeing rates uh, on CDs of 11%, 12%. And I have clients that remember that vividly because sure. they were working during that time. And they hope for the days of getting that 9 10% CD. And I tell them, you don't want that. Because if CDs are paying 9 10%, guess what? Inflation is out of control. Uh, we and just so, we just saw it. We right. I mean, five percent is at the bank. My current bank right now is saying five percent for a twelve month CD. But we had to go through what nine percent inflation to get there. Exactly. And so when when we look at it holistically, we're looking at our buckets. We're looking at our longevity bucket or our later bucket to be our growth bucket to wait to surpass inflation. Right. But then our our middle bucket is more of a fixed income bucket to try to outpace inflation maybe by a little bit, but be steady money. Mm-hmm. I don't suggest anybody put a majority of their money, even if they're getting 5% in a CD or, or some type of yeah. uh, investment that's a fixed rate of return that they can't you know, outpace inflation. Yeah. And be careful with those things anyway, folks. Like I was looking at mine and reading the details just for giggles based on what we do. Uh, you know, again, I'm not a financial advisor. I just play one on the, on the radio, but it's, <laughs> I still have quite a bit of knowledge with it. And I was looking at it and it was like 5% for 12 months for like, I don't know, $5,000 or something like that uh, as the, you know, the minimum. And then they had like the super mega one, right? And, and it was 4% for like 36 months at a higher deposit amount, which what does that tell you? It means that they expect the rates to start to drop at some point over the next three years as well. At least that's you know kind of how I read into it. And I think a lot of financial professionals would agree. And, and the Fed's even talked about at some point cutting, you know, maybe cutting some of the, the interest rate changes that they've made the last two years. They may start to pull off a, a quarter point here and there as well. So, you know, lots of we're still in like a weird spot, right, financially. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The Fed will at some point pull back interest rates, which is going to have a trickle down effect Yes, and pull down interest rates to your bank and credit union. Yeah. So again, it's a universal truth, right? These things happen to all of us. They happen because it's part of the system. It's part of the way things go. If you're alive on this rock, you're going to experience a lot of these universal truths that we went through today on the podcast. So we went through the first five. Join us again for part two. That'll be out in about two weeks or so. Uh, we'll have the second half of this coming up. So reach out to Jude and his team. If you've got some 
questions, need to get yourself onto his calendar. Uh, you can find them online at sintrustfs.com. That's C-E-N-T-R-U-S-F-S dot com, where you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify. And also there's lots of good tools, tips, and resources at the website as well. And they just remodeled it, so it looks great. So go check it out, sintrustfs.com. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Yeah, man. And we'll see you next time, buddy. Hey, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you. Let's have some fun next time. Always do. Always will. And we'll see you next time here on Plan Wise, Retire Free. The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson, who is solely responsible for its content. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. Centrist Financial Strategies and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through Centrist Financial Strategies are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this podcast should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Product discussions and illustrations are hypothetical in nature and will vary based on many factors, including but not limited to age, health, product, insurance carrier, and product design. You should consult the insurance carrier website and policy for detailed information. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website, www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV from PCA using the contact information herein. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.